Cage in the Cage podcast. It's in their blood. Welcome back to another episode of Two Dudes in, in a Cage. Today we have another special episode for you, Fighter Spotlight, featuring Barb Cessna-Levich. I am your host, Charles Clark. I'm Matt Johnson. Barb, thanks for joining us. Barb is a pro grappler, a pro fighter. She's a BJJ purple belt. She's a gym owner. She's a coach. She's one of my teammates, and she is super busy. When she's not in the zone and training hard, she's always got a huge smile on her face. Barb, welcome. Thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. I really appreciate you guys taking the time out to talk to me. It's um, awesome that you've started this show. I want to support it. I think it's really cool. Yeah, we're we're so glad to have you. Uh, we got we got lots of great questions for you, and uh, we're gonna get straight into them. Um, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, my name is Barb, and I've been fighting. My first fight was in 2014, um, took a layoff, started fighting again in 2017, and after that second fight, I really haven't stopped, um, you know, on the MMA side of things, but I've been doing jiu-jitsu for, since 2012, so for a long time, and then, like, more personally, I like uh, hiking and hanging out with my dogs, and I'm just kind of a introverted extrovert, if you will. So I kind of like to I like to hang out, but I really like to kind of do my own thing too. Nice. Everybody needs their own personal time to recover and recuperate. So I totally understand that. That's so. yep. awesome, awesome, man. You know, so you have been absolutely killing it on the grappling scene lately i mean you're just racking up wind all over the place like um, you know do you just want to talk a little bit about uh those wins and what they mean to you what tournaments you've won lately things like that yeah. um you know grappling it's always been kind of like a home base for me um so over the past probably like year and a half now i've really dove straight into it um i no longer have a full-time job other than being an athlete and being a gym owner so like I just run the gym with my and train so the way my brain works um I am able to focus fully on it and that's my success like I'm literally just training all the time and studying and um you know drilling and stuff like that so um it also does take being able to travel to these things and and compete so I'm very thankful like to be able to do that with my new way of life instead of like hey i gotta take time off work and stuff like now tournament pops up we go or i go uh, i've gone by myself quite a bit uh, my most recent one was nashville open um which was really cool because that was like literally nine years after i did my first ever tournament as a white belt out in nashville so um i thought it was really cool to to go out there and then i won via all submissions and no points were scored on me so it was really 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 cool so you're a pro fighter and you mentioned a gym owner and you coach how do you manage to handle all of that yeah you know like honestly it's easy for me um it was hard for me when I was working like two and three jobs and trying to be a fighter. Um, I was when I was working for other people because um, you know I have I've been diagnosed with ADHD and stuff like that. So like if my brain's going all over the place, I'm just not not as focused. So managing the gym and coaching and kind of being fully immersed in one specific thing is exactly what I've needed. So it's really not that hard for me, especially because, you know, the old saying of like, if you love what you do, you don't feel like you're at work. And that's exactly, that's exactly my life right now. I really have gone through the ringer as far as like crazy jobs and crazy life stuff. And now I'm kind of at this place where I finally feel really content and happy. Yeah, I, I think it definitely helps that there's such a great atmosphere at the gym as well. I mean, it just, I, I've been to a couple, I've trained at a couple of gyms myself and, you know, some of them that just, there's attitudes and, you know, all the, the competing to be number one. It just, I just haven't felt that at Says MMA and I just, 
everybody's so welcoming and helpful and it's just uh, friendly and you know we really do become like a family there so it just really is like you get excited to go to the gym every day so yeah i think you know uh, my husband and i we've both been part of those types of gyms too you know i've been part of a lot of different gyms too and we just kind of like want to create something where people are excited to be there and we're all supporting each other towards their goal, our goals and so uh, that means a lot that, that you feel that way and i've heard that from others so it means like what we're trying to do is working and the hard work not going uh, unwarranted so absolutely yeah so you're married to mike mike's the head coach at yep. uh, says mma Sorry, everybody probably says your name wrong. I'm, I'm sure you used to it by now. Says no Levick, C I E S. Um, you know, uh, obviously, um, you two just spent a lot of time together and trained and, and fell in love. Do you, you want to uh, talk about uh, that experience? Yeah, yeah. So um, I had just gotten gone through a divorce um, from somebody who was extremely like toxic, bad. Um, and so like my first experience with being married was not a good one. Um, and then he had the same experience. And so we kind of like, we met each other through martial arts, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious. Um, and I think, you know, some people talk about, oh, that's kind of not, not good. And I'm like, I don't think so because both of us have the same type of mind, right? Like we understand each other. He understands that I need this. Um, sport in my life in order to ground myself like he knows that right and I know he needs that too like he's super obsessive like with studying and like he doesn't really train anymore but like I understand he needs his time to like look over techniques and um, just kind of like be a part of jujitsu with MMA so my my ex-husband was the opposite of that where he was like extremely controlling not letting me train like you know just didn't understand me and i feel like if you're married to somebody like that person needs to understand what makes you tick and who you are and support that and so yeah i've i've been with uh mike in total about five years we've been married for four of those five years so you know and and not one point am i like oh wow i can't stand this guy like i i truly do love mike and um did everything that he's done for me like whether that's in our relationship or in mma and jiu-jitsu so um yeah i mean it's just kind of we're just literally best friends living together and, and you know being a part of each other's journeys it's an amazing story it really is you know i'm, I'm hoping i can find something like that someday you know i, I think uh part of the issue with like uh coaches uh dating them comes with like the you know the recent controversy with uh, um uh um you know the fighters i don't want to mention any names i guess with the fighters being underage and things yeah, like yeah. that you know you guys met when you were both grown adults and like oh, yeah. a few others who, who have who have seemed to come in uh, the news lately so right i know exactly who you're talking about okay <laughs> as far as that goes um yeah i was a hundred percent like a full-grown adult gone through right. Yeah. Right. Now, so um, it does. It is sometimes people do think it's controversial, and um, you know, I, I like to say to those people, like, you know, look in the mirror. Like, are you happy? Are you like really with somebody that's that's challenging you, making you happy? Like, is it your soulmate? Like, I know, I knew he was my soulmate. Um, I like a hundred percent when I went through my divorce, I was like, I'm never getting married again. Like this is never going to, but then like, honestly, it was just so easy with him. And I feel like that's how relationships should be for sure. You know, so my cat is sorry. Never made noises like that. So she's, there's a moth and she's trying to get it. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. We love the animal. Most, I'm a big animal lover myself. Yeah. So there's Matt, Matt is too. He has quite a few animals. So. Yeah, we do dogs and, and a couple cats. We're my, That's another thing. Mike and I are very similar in that route. Like, we, we both really like uh, animals. And he's always had animals around him, and I've always had animals around me. So <laughs> that works. So, the real meat and potato questions what kind of dogs? Yeah. <laughs> I have one, the number one, everybody knows him, and his name's Mattis. He has his own Instagram and everything. Um, he is, like, 
I think he's like 170 pounds now. We've kind of cut back. We're trying to get him down to 160. Um, but he's an Anatolian Shepherd. But more specifically, he's a Turkish Kangal. So if you look that up, they're kind of like Turkish sheep dogs. Like they guard farms and stuff like that. So he's really big. Um, other girl, she's um, an Italian Mastiff, so she's 130 pounds, so she's a Cane Corso. So two big giant dogs, and then I have a girl who's a Border Collie mix. I rescued her pretty much like seven years ago. She, um, some people were like, they had puppies in the back of their car out past Pueblo, Colorado, and uh she just like looked really bad and like sickly and I found out she was only six weeks old. I took her and like hand fed her and stuff like that. So she's kind of, she's kind of my wild dog, but she's important to me for sure. Cause she was there through some really hard times with me. And then, so. <laughs> and what, the, the cat? The, I have two, two cats as well on top of those. That's the same lineup I got. I have a hedgehog and a gecko too, but I got three dogs I, and two cats. Maybe now one you, more. Now, now oh. you're getting a bird too, right? Uh, oh, I might be getting a Frenchie. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, the snoring you hear is my English bulldog. My my dogs are in my room right now, and I guarantee you, my mastiff's snoring loud. <laughs> Everybody wants to know how did you get the nickname Outlaw. Yeah, so um, basically, my first nickname was given to me in my first fight. It was Crash. So it was because I went out there and just was wild, throwing, like, just from my hip. Like, I won the fight via rear naked choke, but at the time, my coaches were like, oh, you're just like crap. Like, I don't even know what you are. Yeah. So Outlaw suits me more because my whole life, uh, so my mom was a single mom and she raised me uh, kind of rough. Like we rode dirt bikes, we, I was part of, I mean, she put me, I don't know if you heard of mutton busted where you ride sheep, but literally like as a child, I was in rodeos like riding on the back of sheep. Uh, like that, like that was my childhood growing up. Like I, I lived like, you know, in Northern California, but uh, it was a town called Megalia, right above Paradise. Uh, Paradise is a town that burned down in Northern California. Um, but basically, just kind of like country living. Um, I'm I'm kind of against the grain too with a lot of the stuff that I do. I like um, MMA, obviously, and as a female, I think I'm, female MMA fighters are all outlaws. We're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know, like we're literally supposed to be in the kitchen cooking. Um, wearing dresses, right? Like, that's the normal thing that a woman would do in most people's eyes, right? But, like, I think all women in MMA are outlaws. Uh, I just happen to be a little bit more of one, and so that's why I call myself that. I like it. I like it. That's a great explanation, too. Sure. It gives, it gives it more meaning to anybody that hears that name now. It's, so, it's more feeling behind it. Speaking of yeah. being a woman in MMA, is it hard? Like, you know, obviously, to me, on the outside looking in, women tend to not get as much respect in the fight game as men. Uh, yeah. Do you think? Do you have a lot to overcome because of being a woman in this sport? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, when I first got into the sport about ten years, nine years ago. Um, it was kind of really taboo. I mean, it was like, wow, there's women fighting. Like, that's weird, right? Like, it, honestly, back then, it was like, who's hotter than the other? And that's who got For sure, yeah. Got into the big shows. Nowadays, thankfully, we've got um, a lot more skill going on. It's not, it's no longer about, hey, this chick's hotter than the other. There are some that are kind of like, like being built up that way, but it's not as prevalent as it was before. So I think it's even harder though now, like you have to really grind and you have to have the right coaching staff. You know, in the past, um, 
I've had terrible coaches, right, who kind of pushed me in different directions that aren't correct um, as far as, like, preparation stuff, uh, putting me up against heavyweight men to spar as hard as I can, stuff like that, right? So, like, my obviously my husband's not going to do that. Um, but my coaching staff now, like, between Kareem, Mike, Smitty, um, all those coaches that we have, like, I feel really safe in the environment that I'm in. But as far as, like, yeah, like getting out there and putting myself out there in front of the crowd, it's definitely taxing mentally because, you know, like us as women, we go through a lot of different things. Like we, we are more emotional. We are more in the moment. We're all this kind of stuff, like different than a guy. And so the expectation of us is still the same as a guy though. So if we don't go out and do exactly like what maybe a man thinks we should be doing in a fight, they go, Oh, that was boring. Or she's not a good fighter or maybe she should hang it up or whatever the case may be, but they're not realizing like the, A, the anatomy differences of a a woman and also just the uh, mental differences that we go through. Um, So yeah, it's difficult, but honestly, I like the challenge and I like kind of proving people wrong. So that's what keeps me in it. I I love it. I love watching a a good woman's MMA fight. Um, Like you said, I I think they um they they have something to prove you know so they they tend to go a little bit harder and i think their their skill level is definitely caught up if not surpassed men in some cases and and uh, you know i i, I love to watch one of them every fight these days so, yeah. yeah speaking of fights man you got an upcoming fight it's your third pro fight battle mm-hmm. mma june 18th against helen lucero Let's talk about that. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about this matchup. Um, You know, Battle MMA in Colorado Springs is arguably, I think it's going to be the best show in Colorado here soon. I really think it's ran professional. They take care of the fighters. Um, so as far as like me fighting for that show, I'm going to keep fighting for that show as long as they'll have me. I'm just super stoked that they keep giving me great opportunities. Um, Helen Lucero and I were supposed to fight back in 2019. Um, it was supposed to be my pro debut back then. Everything happens for a reason. I was literally working like two and three jobs at the time on top of trying to train and help Mike run the gym. So I was not ready to go pro yet. Like, but she took the call like the reason it didn't happen she took the call to fight for Invicta so she's an Invicta FC veteran she's an LFA veteran um she's a purple belt so it's a really really it's gonna be a really really good matchup like the matchmaker Jaime Hernandez for our battle really put this together like to be a great fight for the fans like everybody's gonna have a good time there watching this fight we're both super technical um and it's just gonna be a good MMA match for sure and I'm super excited yeah, yeah, Battle MMA is, is a great show. Uh, I mean, they took, uh, you know, they took care of me and treated me really nicely at the last event that, that my fight fell through, and, and I really appreciate what they did for me, you know. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know I still got a check from them even though I didn't fight, and that was, that was super awesome of them, you know. So I agree, Battle MMA is a great show, for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, Purple Belt for your opponent as a grappler. Uh, you have done jujitsu tournaments. You do you fancy yourself as a grappler? I do. Um, you know, my opponent, she's kind of like me, where she's in a couple boxing fights too. I've done everything, so I've done boxing fights, Muay Thai fights. Um, you know, obviously, I've had um, going on now ten MMA fights. So we're both is similar. So she's taken recently, actually, a couple months ago, she did a pro boxing fight. So. Um, you know, as far as like my striking, I'm really, really confident in that. I've worked on that like tirelessly with my husband, Mike, like literally over and over and over again. And also Kareem and Smitty both have helped me too. Um, so I'm really confident no matter where this fight goes. Do I fancy myself as a grappler? Absolutely. I, I love jujitsu. I literally... My style, I want to mimic Charles Oliveira. I think I've always been a fan of his. Um, and then obviously now he's super, he's blown up. But I've been studying this guy for the past couple of years. Like, I love his movement with striking and I love how he sets everything up for jiu jitsu. So, it's honestly like 
what I want my style to be. I want people to be afraid of me on the feet, and I want people to be extremely afraid of me to go to the ground because people won't even go into that guy's guard, and that's to happen in my fights too. So, is he your favorite fighter? He's my favorite fighter. Yep. He's yeah. My favorite now. Yeah. I like he's he's one of my favorites too. I really like him. Do you think? Uh, uh, me and Matt were talking about this. Uh, I know he gets hit, gets rocked. Uh, and, and drops a lot. Do you think he kind of overplays that a little bit? Where like, yeah, I'm sure he's getting hit hard, but he purposely kind of falls down just to lure someone in because he knows he can submit him super quick. Playing possum. Does for sure. I think he. I think it's kind of his version of a of rope doping guys. Like I think he really does kind of play into that. I do think like because I like I said I've been studying him so. I studied some of his earlier fights. His head movement was not good at all in like 2014, 2015. Like his head was a stationary target. It was just there. And he was, he still had good striking, but it wasn't great. Now, like his evolution over the years and the reason he's a champion is because he's worked on that. So his micro head movement and everything else is um, really, really good. And so I think if I'm being honest, he kind of knows, all right, you know, I, you can't take punches from Justin Gaethje. Most people cannot one, right? So I do feel that when he got dropped, like he got dropped. I think he got dropped, but he has a chin on him. You know what I mean? So he goes, okay, I'm in shape, come into my guard, or they're going to let me sit here for a second before I have to stand up. So staying on, uh, staying on the Oliviera subject, and you have a fight coming up, you know, controversial topic here, but I'll touch it. What do you do to make sure that you're on weight when it comes time to go to the scale? Yeah, Breeze. Um, so I have a nutritionist. His name's Tyler Minton, out of Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, he's he's uh, been the coach of uh, Daniel Cormier, Max Holloway, Megan Anderson, people that have to cut a considerable amount of weight. Um, so I hired him uh, probably about two years ago because I knew that I had to make the drop down on him. I was fighting at 145 pounds, walking around at about maximum 155, and those girls all walk around at 165, sometimes 170. Um, so I was starting to feel that, and I was like, you know what, I gotta make the drop to bantamweight, but I don't wanna do it like the old school, just stop eating, sit in the sauna. Like I, I had done that early in my career, and it was just not going well. Um, if I follow Tyler's plan to a T and I'm like hitting everything the way that he's designed it, I'm, I'm never going to miss weight. So um, I just stay super disciplined. I think discipline is the answer to most questions. You know, I think you falter from that or you say, oh, today I'm just, I'm going to have a piece of pizza. Like then that turns into, so will I do that tomorrow and the next day, right? Like you have to stay on the disciplined path and that's like, really easy for me to do with the coaching staff that I have. So you're definitely surrounded by a lot of great, great people who have your best interest out for you. Yeah. Sounds like that, that's key to being successful. Oh yeah, it is for sure. Like for a while I was trying to do everything myself and to be fair, like it's because I had kind of an ego issue like early in my career. Like I thought I knew it all, right? And then I started realizing you don't know it all. You're getting humbled in the cage. You're getting humbled in like some of the jujitsu tournaments that you're doing. Like look in the mirror and figure out what it is that maybe you don't know the most of. And nutrition was one of them. I like had no idea. Like he has me eating like rice and bread and stuff like that. Like what? I thought that cut all that stuff out and it's just not right. true. Like I let professional handle my stuff because they know more than me and they're skilled in that, right? That's awesome. I, I definitely uh, nutrition is something I definitely need to get better at. So that's that's good you got that on lockdown. Yeah. Man, so you have a win, uh, a grappling win over Roxanne Madafi. Uh, I know it's something you're really proud of. She's known as one of the nicest, kindest persons in MMA. Uh, do you just want to talk about what that win over her means to you? Because she's, you know, uh, she's fought for the championship. She's a UFC fighter. She's really high caliber. So, you know, that, that win really says something about you and, and uh, your abilities. So, Yeah, so Roxanne, um, I'd say by far, was my favorite match I've ever done. And, and that's going to be obvious. Like Anybody that gets to go up against somebody like her is going to probably say that. But 
Um, it's for multiple reasons. Like, yes, I, I got the win. Um, but for me, it was like I overcame a lot mentally. So when I was in there and getting the win, I realized that I'd finally, like, you know, like in video games, if you get to the boss level and you're like, you keep trying it, you're not beating it, you're not beating it. Well, the boss level for me was actually my own mind. Um, I was letting my own mind literally kick my ass every single day, multiple times a day. So then I would get into these competitions and I've already kicked my ass. So now I'm going to go in and try to make sure somebody else doesn't kick my ass, which is hard, right? Because you've already beaten yourself up. So this one, I really actually found that I was sound mentally. I was sound mentally. I was the most prepared physically that I've ever been as well. Um, I remember like the weeks before that, like Mike and I and um, one of my training partners, Bo, at lunch class were literally drilling all these leg positions till we were blue in the face, like over and over and over and over and over. Um, and in the past, that would have annoyed me. I would have been like rolling my eyes, like I don't want to do this over and over and over again. But like where I was at mentally, I was so focused, so confident, so sure that I didn't really care who the opponent was across from me. I just kind of wanted to go out there and showcase my skills. And so I did just that. And then when it connected and I, and I won, I just... I was in this like state of euphoria and then it reminded me why I do this is that I have an addictive personality and I'm chasing that that feeling right so it was incredible like I can't describe the feeling of beating her um you know she is an amazing person uh very nice very kind very knowledgeable um she's coming to the gym actually next week so it says a lot about her, right? Where she's like, oh, like you, we asked her to come out and do the seminar. Um, and it says a lot about her where she's like, yeah, I, I lost to this person and they're bringing me out. They could def, she could have said no. She could have been like, oh no, I don't really like you, right? You beat me. It's not the case. She's like, you know what? I just don't know the leg lock game. Like, and guess what? I'm going to learn so much from her. She knows more than I do. It's just jujitsu. You anybody can get caught. That's an example. Like anybody can get caught. Like, but does she know more than me? Absolutely. I'm going to pick her brain until she says stop asking me questions because she knows more than I do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Rafa Rafi seminar, uh, five twenty eight from eleven to one. Forty dollars if you're a says member. Sixty dollars if you're not. We'd really love to have you come out. It's going to be a great time. Uh, May twenty eighth from eleven to one. It's going to be great. Great. Uh, Roxanne's going to teach us a lot of stuff. So come check it out. Hey, you said getting caught in the leg lock reminds me of a uh, Frank Mir Brock Lesnar. Their first fight when he stood up from the guard and left his leg in there. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of leg locks and you know constantly going over them. Do you play chess? Because I've found in grappling and even in MMA, it's like a chess match. You can't just think of move A. You have to think of move A, B, C. And if they do this, you have to do this and then this. Yeah. I actually, I have not taken up chess. I've always wanted to, though, because I feel like it does, like it would help me. But at the same time... I think in the form of a chess player when I'm playing human chess or just jiu-jitsu. So I think that way. Like, that's how my brain works. Like, I think about, like, I may be setting up an arm bar, but I'm thinking, like, five steps in advance because I'm actually going to sweep you or something like that. Like, you know, um, so I've always wanted to get involved with it. I've played a little bit, you know, here and there. Like, um, recently, well, this was probably a year ago, I did Pan uh, American Games for the first time for jiu-jitsu. And there was human, like, big, like, giant chess. <laughs> and my mom and I, like, played. And, and she's like, man, you got to get better at this for a jiu-jitsu person. You're not very good at this. So I want to get into it because it is very similar, like, the thought process. What advice do you have for, uh, you know, women who are interested in getting MMA and, and fighting in general? Yeah, so go to the place that has consistent women training at it. Um, you know, there so often, like, you go to schools and you look around and it's all guys. There's typically a reason for that, right? Like, if you come to our school any given night, there's, like, five to ten women on the mats. That's actually pretty rare, 
but we pride ourselves in that because the reason it's important is because you know that they're taking care of their women at the gym that a big question right and these women want to see other women come in and train because they want to have other women training partners so um when it starts to get rough also this is a word of advice when it starts to get rough um don't just give up like think about it like hey like think this is getting really difficult this is a hard sport i'm feeling broken i'm feeling like maybe i'm not doing anything those are usually the moments of breakthrough in jiu-jitsu uh so because i wanted to quit multiple times in the beginning because i did not have women too much at my first gym like i was getting smashed by giant men in humid Knoxville, Tennessee weather. So um, it just for me, like I kept showing up even though sometimes I didn't want to. And I think that's kind of like the, the uh, advice I would give, just keep showing up. Even if you have to pull your coach aside and say, hey, you know, my body doesn't really feel great today. I just kind of want to drill. You should have a gym that's supportive of that and understands that. And then eventually you're going to start seeing those strides. Yeah, it's, it's great advice. It's, it's hard at first, it sure is. You're covered in bruises and things like that. So I noticed on your uh, little banner tag, it says SSGT, which many people don't know is a Staff Sergeant in the Air Force, which is an E5. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to ask if you were in the Air Force, but I will ask, uh, what did you do while you were in the Air Force, and is that how you got introduced into uh, the military calls it hand-to-hand combat, which is basically a watered-down jujitsu? Is that how you got into it? Um. So yeah, I am. I'm in the Air National Guard, um, and I was active duty for six and a half years. Um, and I actually jujitsu led me to uh, my military career. So I had no direction. I was dropping out of college. I was hanging with the wrong crowds, uh, getting into trouble, stuff like that. And so um, when I walked into a jujitsu gym, well, it was an MMA gym. I walked in there and they pretty much said, "Hey, like, pretty much." I was like, I, I thought I could just fight right off the bat, and they said, "No, you're not. You're doing jujitsu." So putting the gi on and doing jujitsu led me to, hey, like I want to get my life together. Like I, I, I'm now starting to feel this discipline. I'm realizing that the jobs that I'm doing in the apartment that I'm living in with the crazy roommates that I had, everything else is like, this is not the life for me. So that's actually what like led me to the recruiter's office and kind of got me started on that path. And it was definitely the best decision I could have ever made because without that, I'd have been stuck in Knoxville. like who knows what I would have been doing. Like, so it, it led me to having a great career, having a, I, I got my, my degree through the air force, like everything happens for a reason. And so I'm, I'm thankful for my military service. It changes lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're a purple belt and BJJ. You want to talk about, uh, what does that mean to be a purple belt? And what do you think the responsibilities of, uh, being a purple belt in the gym are? Um, purple belt is my favorite belt forever. I want to just stay here. I don't want to go for I'm just kidding. I do obviously want my black belt, but I really enjoy purple belt because yeah, like there's a, there, when I got it, it's like almost as soon as I got it, people were asking me questions like, Hey, when I put my hand here, like, what should I do? Right. So I, I started feeling that pressure right off the bat when I got it. Cause I was one of, if not the only purple belt in our gym at the time. Um, so being a purple belt is just that like can you teach a class can you um coach people can you help people can you motivate people like you're literally the person that people are looking up to especially if there's not a lot of high belts at your gym um so so yeah like i i do i feel that pressure but i enjoy it um i do feel like i have to be an example for people a lot and um, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm good with that. I also like to show them that I'm human. Like, hey, like I may lose a couple. I may win a couple. Um, but this is how I handle that. And I'm going to coach to that. Um, so, yeah, like there's a lot of responsibility to it. But it's also really fun because at Purple Belt, you should pretty much have a game established. Um, and I feel like my game just keeps evolving uh, over and over again. And, and I'm only getting better uh, thanks to my coaches. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think, uh, you know, being a purple belt means a lot. And uh, a lot of people look up to you in the gym. And, and I do personally I definitely want to ask lots of in-depth questions, you know, especially being a, a lower rank belt. So, you know, plus uh, also you kind of got a bullseye on your back too. You know, people want to be like, can I can I submit the purple belt? And they want to get skills. Yeah, that, I mean, I think honestly that happens more like right when you get promoted. Um, I have like super competitive roles with people where I can tell like they definitely want to make sure that they're trying to get me. <laughs> um, but it's nothing at this point where I'm like, I, well, I don't roll with people like that anyways. And we don't really have a lot of that at our gym, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, like it's all friendly competition at this point. <laughs> so I noticed your nail, at least from, you know, my screen your nails match your hoodie color so what is your favorite color um this is interesting like um my favorite color is actually purple um but this is my second favorite color which is teal um and this was unintentional um i just got my nails done yesterday and then um i kind of like i wore my purple hoodie yesterday during a workout so i was like that's not good so i, I this one was clean <laughs> It looks great. Thank you. Um, so do you, oh, go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, back to the jiu-jitsu, um, the purple belt grappling, what's your favorite move? Because I know Charles is the arm bar, because he's got me in that a few times. So what's oh, your... yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of moves that I really, really love. Um, you know, uh, I, my favorite move right now probably is the darts. It's close be like a heel hook i just think like leg locks are really fun and if you're good at them you can neutralize just about anybody so those are that's where i like like dylan danis when he tried getting the that one guy in the toe hold in a bellator fight oh yeah yeah <laughs> i don't recommend being super one-sided with your jiu-jitsu and only doing leg locks i've seen a lot of people i won't name names or anything but i've seen some people that are just leg lockers and it doesn't usually go well. <laughs> yeah, you if you don't get it, you end up losing the position, and you know. Yeah. You leave yourself open to ground and pound too. Yeah, you have to really like. You have to be well rounded. Like you have to realize, like, hey, I got to bail on this and use it as a sweep and get up, and you know. So, but that's only people who are put together grapplers do that, though. So. <laughs> Charles, I'll let you get the next question. I got got a good one saved. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So what do you typically eat on fight day? Fight day, um, I keep it pretty controlled. Like, as much as you want to go out and just eat a huge burger the day of the fight, that's not a good idea. Um, so I have a really good um, breakfast, you know. I'll have, like, you know, some toast, eggs, sausage, like, you know, potatoes, nice good carbs, um, some fruit, which is like a fast carb, then I'll have usually like a sandwich at lunch, and then I kind of just eat dried fruit and stuff like that up into the fight. So I just keep it really clean and um, nice, good carbs and stuff like that before the fight. And then after the fight's a whole different story. <laughs> okay. Take out time, huh? What yes. do you eat after the fight, did? I Anything? love, yeah, I love Mexican food. I love it so much that like we go there usually we go to a place called vaqueros in colorado springs i love it um but i think my go-to like really sloppy bad food is pizza like pizza is just oh man pizza oh. with things and yeah I, I can't i love it Wait, what's your favorite pizza place in the springs in the springs um you know i i like perry's a lot which is on powers um you know I kind of I like Slice 420 as well, which is close to our old gym. Um, but yeah, like I'm really not that picky with pizza. To be fair, like, <laughs> have you been to Duca's? Not yet. I've oh, been... I, I like Duca's pizza. They're good. I'll have to go there then after my fight. <laughs> uh, so, what, what do you think about uh, dirty fighters? Like people who tend to grab the cage or grab your gloves or eye poke you uh, or maybe even a groin kick for, for men's fight. You know, some people, they know they can kind of push the limits a little bit and, and cheat a little bit until that point before the point gets taken away. Um, what, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, um, I, I don't. I mean, I think 
it's clearly cheating, right? Um, but I feel like if we're coming down to it and I'm sitting here blaming somebody for grabbing my glove or something stupid, like, then maybe I'm not doing enough to really make decisively win the fight. Um, eye pokes are a totally different story. You can blind somebody with that. So that's totally, in my opinion, like I am not okay with that at all. Um, female or male groin strikes and they suck like it still hurts as a female to get kicked in the groin um so yeah like those kind of things if we're talking like things causing injury and things causing like i i feel like it's totally a call for and especially at the professional level you should kind of have it locked in like when um you know the aljamain sterling fight right like he got need being down and people were talking crap about him i'm like listen this is the highest level professional fight you can even talk about like this is the ufc championship at this point you should know not to soccer kick somebody or knee somebody to the head when they're a downed opponent like it's pretty you know so so locking in the rules and understanding what the what you're what you're doing is important first time i watched that fight i was was like ah he's faking and then i rewatched i was like okay that hurt yeah that's yeah exactly i'm guilty I'm kind of guilty too, right? Where I'm like, oh wow, like this is kind of. But then I thought about it, and I'm like, well, if I was in his shoes and somebody did that to me, like, that's not cool. Like, you may feel okay to fight in your head, but you're not. Like, and there's a reason why that's that's a. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely could have changed the whole outcome of the fight. You know, that's all it takes is one good clean shot to, you know. Well, yeah. Anthony Smith even brought it up when he got kneed by John Jones, which yeah. that one, I've watched that one a few times, and on John's defense, he is, you know, taller, so him make, doing that lift-up motion for a shorter fighter, it would have lifted him up. Anthony Smith is also 6'4", so I think that right. had a little bit into it, but... Anthony Smith said, yeah, I should probably not have fought, but it was the warrior in me to prove something. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Most people that are fighting aren't just like, in my opinion, we're we're kind of a little crazy. Hard-headed. You gotta be, because this is not a normal sport, right? So, yeah, most of us are gonna go, no, I'm still gonna fight. It's like, but in my opinion, like, I think it's up to the coaches at that point to be like, hey, no you know, or the doctor or whatever the case may be, like kind of step in. So as a gym owner, and uh, do you coach other fighters as well? Yeah. So I, I corner folks that want me in their corner. I've cornered Darian. He was just on your show. Um, I've cornered Devon. I've cornered a handful of our amateurs um, really, it just comes down to if they want my advice, if they want me around them, if they want me in there, then I'll be in there for them. A lot of times uh, people have said that I'm pretty calm um, until I'm not. Like I cornered a couple times where I was like, guys are just not even trying. Like I've had a couple guys when they're not trying, I get a little elevated. I'm like, you, I've seen you train. What are you doing? And I will straight up like be yelling um, but for the most part I'm pretty calm energy and I think that's why some people like me in their corner so I asked that because one thing and I mean it happens in boxing as well but mostly in MMA like Brian Ortega you know shouldn't have went out in the fifth round Korean Zombie in his last fight do you yeah. think coaches should be more apt to throw in the white towel dealing with the consequences of the fighter later or do you think they should just let the fighter go on their shield you know um this, it, that's a it's a tough question right i think the fighter is really the only one that truly knows what their goals are um as far as like brain health but the coaches see these people every single day um if it was me i've already taken a lot of head trauma in my fights um and so i would hope that my husband and my other coaches do throw the towel because i will continue to try to try to fight until i'm paralyzed so I, I would hope that they step in and go, this is ridiculous. You're not doing anything to defend yourself. You're just taking shots. Um, if you saw like Lauren Murphy versus Valentina Shevchenko, it was starting to get a little crazy. Or like Elisa Spencer, Spencer versus uh, Nunez. It's like, man, what a war. But now Felicia Spencer, Felicia Spencer doesn't fight anymore. You know what I mean? So 
longevity wise, like I would hope my coaches step in if something like that's going down because I don't have the pride enough to quit, right? So um, career. Yeah, exactly. So like if I've got guys that I'm cornering and I know and it's only for like a regional level show or something like that and like especially my amateurs, like we're not going if you're not doing anything and you're just continuously taking head trauma and you're just standing there and your face is busted up and and you're you're literally the the ref's weird and not calling the fight usually amateur fights they're going to call the fight but if the ref's just being like looking off in the distance and not paying attention then you know it's up to to us to kind of make that determination good call for sure yeah who do you think the best woman's fighter is the woman mma fighter is uh, Valentina Shevchenko yeah. and is the best. I don't. I know like, people have said Nunes is the best in the past, and like, there's nobody that is better than Valentina Shevchenko pound for pound. There just isn't. She's a complete martial artist. There's nobody that can handle her at 125 pounds, and arguably she beat Nunes. So um, that's that's up for determination. But which Nunes fight? Is- the the split decision loss. Okay. I think. Yeah, I, I, I'll give you that one. Like, back and, like, I just, I don't know. And, and Shevchenko's, like, a lot smaller than hers. Nunez cuts a lot of weight to make 135. Yeah. Uh, and I do feel like Shevchenko is a better martial artist than Nunez. Nunez has heavy hands. Um, she's got great jiu-jitsu as well. But I think if we're talking who's a better martial artist, it's going to be Shevchenko. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Yeah, she's definitely in the league of her own, I think, for sure. Yeah. She reminds me of uh, DJ, Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just really well-rounded. I mean, she's really good at striking, and people really, like, underestimate her ground game, too. Juliana Pena did. Yes, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, with the fighting, uh, what do you think of the Cain Velasquez situation? Yeah, I mean, Wow. What a hard thing to be involved with in general, right? Like, think of my family member, close family member, being assaulted like that. A child, a child, right? Like, he saw red, right? He saw red and he went and handled the law on his own. And unfortunately, okay, like my name is outlaw, right? Um, unfortunately, we live in a, in, a, in a country where we can't handle the law on our own, you know? And I want him... F- freed from whatever prison he's in immediately i feel like he did the right thing unfortunately somebody else that did not that was not involved got hurt in the process so that's kind of like you know what i mean like maybe he should have thought about it for a second so that calculated but in my opinion like you hurt a kid you're dead to me so yeah you know i I can't blame him. You know, I probably would have reacted the same way, you know, honestly, especially if it was my kid, you know, it's such a, it's such a tough thing to do, you know, but then, like you said, you also can't take the law in your own hands and yeah, somebody else. It's just such a, you just can't, it sucks because you're like, I think in his head, he probably thought, well, this is going to go to court and it's going to take forever. And this guy's not, justice he deserves because a lot of times that happens like people just don't get handed the justice they deserve right and uh maybe they'll walk free or maybe something else and he was concerned that nothing was going to happen to this guy um so i feel for him i really do yeah yeah it's definitely a, a tough situation my heart goes out to him as well for sure so this, this next question's a little bit controversial hopefully don't raise too many eyebrows you know uh follow on fox She's a transgender athlete. Um, a lot of people think that, that transgender, transgender athletes, uh, um, when you, uh, you're a man and you uh, converted to a woman, I'm sorry, I don't know the proper terminology. Uh, so if I offend you, please don't no. get upset at me because I'm just uneducated about it. But, uh, um, you know, uh, you could potentially have to uh, fight one of these athletes someday. Um, what do you think about Fallen Fox and transgender at transgender athletes uh, competing in mixed martial arts? Um, I think women's sports in general, they're it's under fire right now. Um, MMA aside, anything, this is, this is a big topic in women's sports in general. Yeah. Uh, 
I recently saw an article where a professional skateboarder, she um, has worked 11 years to get to where she's at and she lost out on an astronomical amount of money um, because of this issue. Uh, she took second to somebody who identifies as a female and as a, was born a man. And unfortunately, I think it was, she lost out on like $15,000. Um, so if we think about how long it's taken women in general to climb that ladder, break the ceilings and be able to get paid for athletics, um, I just feel like trans, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm totally neutral about this, but I do support uh, people going after their goals. So I think there should be a trans league. I think transgender uh, individuals should fight other transgender individuals. Thankfully, with my sport, it's an individual sport, and I can sign on the dotted line on whoever I want to fight when I want to fight them. And so as far as like, for myself and my personal, I will not fight a transgender athlete. Um, it's an unfair advantage. It's not something I want to put myself in, in front of. And I know some people will do that because maybe they really trust in their skill and their athleticism and stuff like that. But as far as like the safety of myself and kind of what I stand for with uh, supporting women's sports, I would not sign on that line. Yeah, it's definitely a, a tough decision to make, but uh, yeah, I think I think that's definitely a great idea that that there should be a a, a league specifically for them. That's that's an yeah. awesome idea, you know, uh, just to make things fair. Yeah, I think so too. And and by by no means that that doesn't mean we we don't support you and everybody um, has the ability to live life however they see fit, and it's no one else's opinion on on what what you should do with your life and if if that's what you think is best for your life i, I think we're definitely uh fully uh support that and encourage you to live how you uh choose to live for sure and the words of rick the hormone monster from big mouth on netflix do you baby <laughs> it's my like dude you know what i mean and if there's enough athletes out there that identify as trans and i feel like they should all compete against each other you know like that's just like that's correct and that's right and that's just yeah yeah and it's definitely becoming more popular too so so i think um eventually someday we could see something like that so right to stay with the fighting jake paul you know disney channel youtube now sports what's your take on on it's every day bro yeah you know what the guy is smart and I mean, some people are like, nah, what do you mean? Yeah, he's smart. He mark I mean, he's making money, 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 money. People are buying into his stuff. They're buying into his antics. They're buying his pay-per-views because they want to see him fight these washed up UFC fighters that'll take the fight because they're also getting paid through it. So it's kind of like, he's kind of doing the sport uh, like a favor because these guys are all like, oh, well, I'm not fighting in the UFC anymore. I'm going to fight this guy, right? Like, I'm going to start talking trash to him. And then it brings opportunities to them to make money. He's also shed light on certain organizations that may not be paying their athletes as well as they could be. Um, so, like, as much as he's obnoxious and stuff, I feel like he's actually really good for the sport. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he brings a, a lot of eyes to the sport. Like, uh, Matt's kids uh, definitely love him. And, you know, they, they, they want to watch his fights. And they might not even care about MMA or boxing, but they they like Jake Paul because it is whatever. So they want to watch him, and you know he's he's bringing uh, more of a fan base, and yeah, yeah, uh, fighter pay, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Even though you know he can be kind of a cocky dick sometimes, uh, yeah, he's, he's doing some good for sure. Yeah, that's that's a great point. My youngest mm -hmm. wore his Jake Paul shirt yesterday. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's popular and he like he markets himself well. So and he's got drive. Yeah, he he did it right. Like he's actually trying to be good at it and not just go in for a paycheck. No, I agree. like he's people underestimate him. He's a good boxer. <laughs> he's big. He's like he's not just somebody that never has touched a, a boxing glove in his life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he looks good in some of the training videos I've seen of him. I'm definitely like, okay, he can hit. Yeah, for sure. So you used to train out of Tennessee. Uh, you know, so did I. 
I lived in Tennessee for like 15 years. That's where my son lives. I, I got a special uh, place in my heart for Tennessee fighters. I always love to give special shout outs to any fighters from Tennessee. Um, you know, we even train with some of the same people. I think it's cool. We kind of have a little bit of connection, you know, with all the people we train with and you fighting out of Tennessee. Uh, do you just want to talk about some of the people you train with in Knoxville and how you started up and, and where you began your martial arts? Yeah, um, so I was 19 when I first walked into um, Knoxville Martial Arts Academy, and that's where Rafaela Oliveira was training at the time, who was in the UFC, and then Ovin St. Preux um, was in Strike Force at the time. So, um, you know, training there, it was like it was really like obviously Tennessee is super humid so you know I had no martial arts background when I first walked in there and I think I mentioned earlier in the show like I walked in and I was like I'm gonna fight now and they were like absolutely not um you're gonna literally put this $75 judo gi on and do jujitsu and the judo gis are like really thick <laughs> so um so yeah, so I started in the gi there because that's what they told me to do. I'm thankful for that. And, and uh, we kind of have the same principle at our gym where, you know, we get people come in and they want to just fight right off the bat. And we always tell them you should start in jujitsu. Um, so very similar with that. Um, you know, my first uh, jujitsu coach was Rafael Oliveira. Um, and, you know, he's really, really good at jujitsu. I remember um, his practices were really hard. He's a, he's kind of like a team loyalist to just kind of like how we are. Um, so I always think back to like my white belt days there and I, I, I appreciate it because it kind of like grounded me in what I feel like jujitsu should be. And we're the same thing here. Like where we, we're all about the team. Um, we invest in each other, everybody invests back and it's kind of this revolving, um, door of positivity um so so yeah like i didn't really train anywhere else while i was in knoxville um recently whenever i go home to visit my mom was shout out to her <laughs> she's almost she's 48 years old and she's gonna take her first boxing fight soon awesome i'm yeah like she lost i think i don't know like 60 to 70 pounds boxing and she trains out of um, Epileto's boxing gym. So uh, I'm really excited for her. I never thought she'd get in the ring and fight, but that's what she's she wants to do it. It's on her bucket list and she's been training hard for almost two years now. So, um, so yeah, so I trained at Knoxville Martial Arts Academy, uh, Epileto's boxing gym, and then the best jujitsu school in Knoxville is actually Lucas Laprie. Knoxville ran by Laban Probst, so I've trained with them too. That's so amazing that that your mom is, is stepping in the cage. I, I bet I bet that just makes you feel so good inside that that your career has inspired her to fight. Like you know, you're just you through fighting is touching all these people around you in so many ways. And that's just that's got to be that's got to be feel so good. That's, yeah, it's really cool. I, I my whole family boxes now, so. Um, you know, I tried to get them into jujitsu and they just didn't really like pick up on it. Um, so when I went to visit a couple years ago, I said, Hey, you know what? Like, I'm going to do this boxing lesson with Frank over here. Um, I feel like you really like this. It's not like jujitsu. I feel like this is more your speed. And then ever since she tried it, she fell in love with it. And, um, they're actually now really good family friends of ours. And like, it just kind of spiraled and I'm uh, pretty happy with how it's all turned out. Have you ever been in a street fight? Oh, no, no, no. I've never actually been in any type of like altercation like that. I've had to use jujitsu for self-defense though. So somebody broke into my apartment um, when I lived with like crazy girl when I was young. I was 19 and I lived with like a 32 year old and she told somebody where we lived um, after a really crazy night. Like she was drinking at some club and she gave a guy our address and like working super early so I had to be up at like 4 a.m. and it was 2 a.m. and her dog starts barking super crazy and loud and so I go out to check she's passed out on the floor and then the door starts opening so she had left the door unlocked and everything and this guy comes walking through and uh, I'll never forget it he goes I'm here to get her and I said no you're not and I think if I didn't have jujitsu I would have like first of all never said that I would have probably just like tried to bolt 
Um, but yeah, he was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting her. And so then I like, he kind of like walked by me, but I actually ended up doing like an arm drag technique and I pulled him by me. And just like, I think that confidence that he sensed from me, he was like, oh, I got to get out of here. Right. So he ended up like, I said, you better get the F out of here. And so he started sprinting because I was like, I'm going to call the cops. And so he sprinted out of there. But that's like the only like real life altercation that I've had to like fight. That's a great story, though. I love it. For sure. Yeah. You never have to, you never want to have to use it, but I'm thankful that it kind of like was muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, the reason why I'm into mixed martial arts and fighting is because fighting literally scares me, you know, and that's why I love doing it. Uh, plus, I've done martial arts a long time. You know, I have a Taekwondo background, Muay Thai background. But, you know, literally, like, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't, you know, I'm more of a lover than a fighter. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah, I don't want to fight anybody either. I really don't. Yep. I, just, I want to test myself as a martial artist and yeah, uh, you know, exactly. see what I can do. I don't, I don't want to hurt people. No. Yeah, yeah. A um, couple more questions. I think we're getting close to running out of time. Uh, what do you think about bare knuckle fighting? Uh, it's it seemed to, it's uh, becoming extremely popular. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of bare knuckle leagues. There's three or four of them. Even bare knuckle MMA leagues popping up. Um, what do you think about bare knuckle fights? Potentially, uh, you doing one? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, honestly, like they're paying well. They're paying yeah. really. And they have a lot of following and everything else. And so, like, um, I, I'm i not going to knock that. Like, is that something that, like, I'm, like, super, like, oh, sign me up for that? Yeah, probably not, right? Like, not right now because I like using jujitsu in my fights. So um, I, I don't – I'm also really big on brain health. So I think if you just go that route and you're just slugging it out without any gloves on and – I feel like that's not a good longevity route, but I do feel like, hey, like go where the money's calling you, right? Like if the money paid and it's cool and great, then then it's part of martial arts. So um, it's not something that I would never do, but it's sometimes like I don't, initially I was like I would never do that, but like if, if the money's right and the opponent's like Paige Van Zant or something, I might do it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> it's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so hey. With I got I got one more. Um, with like the training and you know, maybe doing boxing and stuff, how do you stay healthy and like after camp? Do you stay fit or do you, you know, patty pimblay it? And, oh, and how yeah. do you recover? No, so I'm I'm never like so camp is like weird for me because I train year round. So I'm always training. Um, you know, with that being said, it is hard on your body. So I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, my, my trainer, like my strength conditioning coach from D1 Colorado Springs, her name's Sarah. Um, she's got me doing like 10 to 15 minutes of mobility before I even start my workouts. Then my workout happens. Then after my workout, I'm doing 10 minutes of stretching. This is just routine. Like I'm constantly maintaining my body. Um, and then my sponsor, I recently picked up a cryotherapy sponsor, uh, called goosebumps and it's in Colorado Springs. And I was going to them regularly without being sponsored just because like, it really, really takes away the pain. Like it's three minutes in a chamber but I come out of there and I don't have any pain at all. And then also like if I have little things here and there, like maybe I threw a kick and somebody checked it or, you know, I got a bruise on my knee or my back or whatever the case may be, like they have spot treatments so they can literally take this gun and do like spot treatments. Um, you know, more commonly, usually when we're wrestling and stuff, people will grab the back of the head and like snap you down a lot and you get kind of sore. Um, and yeah, like I, I use them regularly. So I do that. And then my nutrition helps my recovery. So I'm pretty mindful. I, I do kind of ramp down a little bit after fights and just kind of, I, I don't spar for 30 days after I fight. So that's a rule of mine now, especially. Um, so I don't do any type of contact sparring unless it's jujitsu without head strikes. So that's kind of my rule. Great. Sounds like you've got it all tuned in really well. Yeah, 
finally before I used to just not have it tuned in but yeah recently over the past couple of years we've dialed it in this this has been an amazing interview I'm so excited to put this out I can't wait for everybody to watch it I, I think they're gonna just be happy to watch it uh, I, I think it's been really great uh, lastly um, who are all your sponsors you want to thank that make your dream possible yeah, so um, Vigilant Tiger Security, it's owned by our gym members, Donnie and Natalie Hamilton. Uh, they provide personal security, so thankful for that. Um, Jesse Campbell Real Estate, so he's actually who we sold our home through and bought our new home with, um, so hit him up. He's a really great realtor. Um, main event apparel, so they provide um, my fight shorts and everything, my rash guards for my competitions. Um, so they have a lot of fan gear they've also created for me. So if you hit up main event apparel, you can get fan shirts um, for me. And then um, Dame Care, he's a great guy. He saw me box up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and then he's um, supported Darian as well. Um, so he's he's not a business, but he's a person who's decided to sponsor me because he believes in my career, and I really appreciate him and his family. Uh, Goosebumps Cryotherapy, again, I just talked about them, but they're on Vickers and Academy, and they're just amazing people, great family that runs that business. Um, Fast Fit Foods just recently picked me up as a sponsored athlete, so. Um, the food there is amazing. Like I cannot get over how good the food is there and it helps me stay on track with my macros. So I really appreciate that too. Um, Mod Finishes, which is another member owned business. So they work on like custom fabrications for vehicles, wraps, um, paintless dent repair and stuff like that. Um, so I mean, really just, I have a lot of great, great people, um, in my corner helping me on this journey it's awesome to have so many people supporting you um, yeah, yeah. Uh, i definitely can't wait to see your next fight i hope you corner me as well that would be amazing to have you yeah. yeah. right on this card so that'll be yeah. fun so probably not then actually um, you'll be more focused on your stuff so. uh tisha torres and raquel pennington do it all the time yep. <laughs> well, now True. they don't because now they're they make sure, just like Nina Ansaroff, they make sure they're not on the same card. card. They used to. Yeah, right. Cool, cool. I think we're out of time. We've gone a little bit over. This has been such a great interview. Uh, I want to thank you again for being on our show. It, it means so much to us. We had a great time. I did. Um, we asked a lot of great questions. We got to know you better as well. The fans get to know you better. It's uh, been great all around. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And if you're in the Colorado Springs area, June 18th, Battle MMA. Yes. And then if you uh, train, come to our gym. We'll see you.